1: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. slash Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
2: Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble
3: Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Wrestamble podcast. Yes, once again it's Luke here, not Ollie doing the usual podcast introduction. That is because it's our last day in the studio today before the Christmas break, and we just had so much that we had to do today before we could actually, you know, go home and stuff. And so Ollie's actually still recording stuff at the moment. I'm sat here just screaming into my laptop. It's currently half past five. My wife is at home. I'd rather be there. Uh, but, you know, we wanted to get this podcast done with a bit of a podcast intro so you can enjoy this on your little trip to wherever you are. I hope you're going to spend it with family, perhaps. Uh, but, yeah, so enjoy this show. Normal service will resume. In fact, actually, the next uh, few podcasts, which we pre-recorded, which, like, starts covering our favourite... Ma- uh, no, it's not. Covering your favourite moments and your least favourite moments from the year and your predictions for 2018, all have intros and outros. So you can certainly look forward to that. And then come the new year... We will go right back to the way that it should be. But for now, here comes the show. To keep that celebration going, we have here some mugs
2: of wine. Cheers! Cheers, my friend. That's right. Wrestle Ramble. Is getting a little bit tipsy in the yeah.
3: club, and I really shouldn't be doing this because I've got to go to the theatre later on tonight for my birthday. Mm. Uh, well, which was last week, but um, yeah, I mean, you and I are going to we got to—we're gonna record this episode now. God, I sound like I've already been drinking. We're gonna record this episode now. Then we're gonna record our Christmas episode after this. We're gonna just keep on drinking. And yeah, I'll see how I feel when I actually leave the studio. I think I'll be fine. Don't listen to Luke; he doesn't know what he's talking about. We're coming in on Christmas Day to record the Christmas
2: episode. Sorry, yes, of course, yeah, kayfabe. Um, so what? What's it like having? <coughs> Excuse me, I'm coughing right off the bat. Your birthday so close to Christmas. Um, you felt... first. I didn't have, a, I didn't have a sip, and we didn't look at each other in the eyes. Oh, sorry.
3: So, cheers. Cheers. You know the rule behind that, don't Yes, you? I do, yeah. Because they do it on um, Sunday brunch on Channel right. 4. They make like a big deal of it because they, they do their drinking section, like where they try out new drinks, like new rums and things like that, mm. that they have to chink their glasses, but they will look very closely in each other's eyes.
2: And you're, you're, why this could be bad luck?
3: I don't know why it's bad luck. I just know that, right. that, that, okay, I know well, that you're
2: meant to do it. If you don't do it, the myth says, <laughs> you will have seven years of bad sex. Wow. Yeah. You know who told me that? Your, your girlfriend My dad <laughs> Yeah My dad told me that He thinks certain things are funny And that they are obviously very funny to him But it makes me feel very awkward sometimes <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to be like as a dad Yeah Yeah, doing, some, doing stuff to amuse myself Not really taking into account mm, the yeah. next generation of Ollies
3: uh, so uh, but yeah 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 Christmas answer your question birthday. so um how <coughs> was it like I found that a lot of the times when I was a, certainly when I was a child you would get the um, oh this is your joint Christmas and birthday yes. presents because it's like within a week well it was 10 days 11 days um uh, before Christmas so yeah the real lot like you can open it now mm. but that means you're not going to get as many presents at Christmas or you can save it and then open it at Christmas. Obviously I didn't do that I just don't know Because I want to open up Something on my birthday I Yeah, a child Yeah sense um, But yeah it's actually It's been fine My, um, uh, my You wouldn't w- know any different Though would you No my wife doesn't I'm having it. a much better time <laughs> um, In March <laughs> Yeah Well my brother's is in March March mm. 5th It's actually very close to yours Isn't it Well 29th Same month Mate same month yeah. What was I thinking Who's Someone's got a, like a birthday very much around my brothers I think it's actually my mother-in-law But um, my uh, wife is not keen on me having a birthday in December Because she has to try and think of something great to get me for my birthday mm. And something great to get me for, for Christmas And, like, you know, within 11 days of each other Was that almost a deal-breaker? Was it called off at the wedding?
2: If anyone knows of any reason why these two shouldn't get married... Yeah, she just stands up and goes, like, actually, actually his his
3: birthday is rubbish. just not, well, not only that for me. But her sister, so mm-hmm. my sister-in-law, her birthday is on December 31st. Oh, so,
2: that's New Year's Eve. Yeah,
3: so she's got, like, two big birthdays in the same month and Christmas. It's expensive. Always expensive. Always expensive, Always expensive yeah. around Christmas time. There's the presents to get everyone. There's the obscene
2: amount of drinks that you go to because this is the time, ty- you know, the... Because the, it's so cold and dark, you have to get around that by spending time with loved ones.
3: Yeah, well, you know, I've seen so much of my other friends mm. this month because we've all been getting yeah. together and going out for drinks, and it's been quite lovely. Because, I, as as mentioned on the last episode, I can't remember if we talk, <laughs> we recorded so much yesterday mm. in terms of podcast intros and outros and wrestle rambles. I can't remember if I mentioned this on the actual show or in a podcast for one of the shows. But I love Christmas. Mm. I proper love Christmas, Really? Mate. Yeah, I mean... I, I... This is Luke's
2: Christmas jumper. <laughs> because I go through spates of just throwing a lot of my possessions away. And uh, I must have done that with Christmas jumpers. Because well, yeah. I thought, well, these are useless for 11 months of the year. Gone with you! <laughs> to the charity shop. So, yeah, this is this is Luke's
3: jumper. It's, what, it's, it's one suck. of my Christmas jumpers. Yeah, but I... Fairy tit <laughs> but I, I, do, I do love me some Christmas mm. so I like getting together with people wearing Christmas jumpers putting oh, I mean actually my wife hates tinsel so I, don't get, so I don't get to put up tinsel in the house I'm not
2: allowed tinsel either really why yeah well because apparently it's trashy
3: according <laughs> to my
2: lady partner whereas my Christmas tree back in the day as a kid it was super trashy. I knew nothing else, but you know now we've got to have a really minimalistic
3: Scandinavian tree. Yeah, with I saw just your a little few, Scandinavian a tree. A few lights here. Ours has got Ours is wrapped around. We've got really nice um, twinkly lights mm-hmm. on ours, and uh, whenever we go on a holiday or something like that, we always buy like a Christmas decoration if we can do. Uh, to put around the tree because we usually go away in December so we've got ones from like New York and we've got one from when we went to Reykjavik on our honeymoon and then my parents have started a tradition now of always buying us Christmas uh, Christmas tree decorations so we've now got <laughs> one that says like F- our first Christmas as Mr and Mrs which is very cute it's adorable you're going to get rid of that then after uh, this yeah, year. pretty much. I don't yeah. I don't need it now cuz that'll yeah, be 1st it'll, it'll be our second Christmas yeah. next year, yeah.
2: Outdated. Why would you, why would they date something like that? I don't anyway, know. we should probably talk about some wrestling 5 minutes in. What? <laughs> Actually nearly 6 oh, minutes. Oh my in. word. This is what the wine's going to do. <laughs>
3: should we just Just walk imagine what it? we're going to be like on the Christmas episode. So we
2: were going to go for mold wine. Yeah. But uh, and out of glasses. But we couldn't find glasses <laughs> and we thought, "Oh, the mold wine will need to be hot." So let's use white wine so that not the most yeah. festive of drinks but let well, me actually, tell well, white you wine's, wine's pretty
3: festive and like i've got it down here so we don't have to yeah. go very far it's an italian pinot grigio if you're wondering mm. god, uh, there is a lot of these cups isn't there yes
2: so yeah, yeah it's show we two cups like you think oh it's just a mug over half a bottle in, in, all, these in all fairness
3: cups. i did nearly shout out to you don't fill it to the top because there will be a lot of wine in those cups mm. well we've got oh god there's a fly in it. i was too
2: i was too busy working We've got a uh, yeah, we've got two bottles to see us through these two episodes. It's like one giant wrestle ramble this <laughs> afternoon for us. So let's kick
3: things off wrestling wise because you have got some thoughts on the final angle from Monday night. You got very heated about this on Wednesday. I mean, yeah. I got I got heated. Naughty Luke came out, but you got very heated and very passionate about it. You did a very funny skit in your Raw review about it. But you said to me when you kind I got into the studio today. Oh no, you got because I was here first. I've had more thoughts Mm. about the Stephanie McMahon angle.
2: I don't know if it's more thoughts. It's like more layers of observation, which I guess is more thought.
3: (coughs) I was going to say, that's a poncier way of saying you've had more thoughts. Well, a
2: nice way I think of it, it's like, you know, those particularly stinky farts. Mm -hmm. And they first of all, first of all, like it's, oh God, that's bad. Whoa. Oh my God. What did you have for dinner last night? And then you think it's gone, and it almost morphs into, into a completely different smell. Mm-hmm. That's the good way to explain the fallout for me for the Women's Royal Rumble announcement. My, me, old, my old bass player had farts like that. Ugh, let me uh, just uh, point out that it is a welcome announcement. Long overdue. Have nothing wrong with the Women's Royal
3: Rumble. It's the way in which the announcement was made. Particularly because there's now rumours, or well, now reports, that there might, it might actually be a 30-woman Rumble. Yeah. Which would be, uh, be excellent. Yeah, that, that would be my preferred method
2: I d- Yeah, I, d- I don't know if you want it to be I don't know, that's, that's another thing So, me and Luke have been watching Armageddon 2000 Yeah, 2000 This week, because we're doing the Wrestle Ramble extra on it If you want to listen to that over the Christmas period Pledge $5 on Patreon uh, That's how you get access to that But uh, the whole show <coughs> Excuse me Is designed around the main event of a six man Helena Cell match For the WWE title Insane. WWF title Insane And Vince McMahon's whole story running into this Is it's dangerous There's millions of dollars worth of talent In this match He doesn't want them all to get injured Because it's such a dangerous structure So the story is That he's trying to get it cancelled Back in those days When the fans were a lot more overtly bloodthirsty Everyone's set. You know, the f- the fans are cheering for it. We want to see this match because it's going to be awesome. Mick Foley's like, we've got to do this match. It's the only way to end all these various feuds because it's gotten so out of control and heated. And Vince McMahon's there saying, no, I'm the spoil sport. You're not having your match. So when we do get the match, it's a big pop. And when Vince McMahon tries to stop the match in the match, Mick Foley takes him out to a big pop. So I'm watching this and I'm thinking. Why wasn't this the story here? Mm. Why isn't Stephanie McMahon? She is a heel everywhere else. She runs raw as the dominant authority heel figure. Kurt Angle's your babyface person. That's where they try and create tension. In all of her other appearances, she's been a heel. She comes back. She threatens Kurt's job. She's constantly belittling babyfaces and feuding with them. But here she walks out and you, like... She's just such a natural heel. When she talks, it seems heelish, but she's delivering a babyface message. And the reason is quite transparent why she made it rather than someone else. It's so WWE, it's a PR exercise in that you can run this clip and those pictures to Newsweek and Business Insider. And look, the women's revolution is happening over at WWE, and it's all because none of the wrestlers. But of this person, Stephanie McMahon, who's going to be the one to lead the company in the future, isn't that reassuring investors? Please invest in WWE. Bigger thing going on there. But from a storytelling perspective, why not continue have some consistency? Someone consistency, yeah. Wine uh, of her as a heel authority figure, and the women like I don't know some. Lita comes back, just picked a name out of a hat and she says, You know what, you you girls you women, sorry, should have a Royal
3: Rumble. And all the women are like, Yeah, we should have a Royal Rumble. So just to add into your story, Mm. have one of the women demand a Royal Rumble. Say, like, pitch it to Kurt Angle being like, The Royal Rumble's coming up in January, why don't we have the first ever women's Royal Rumble? And Kurt Angle's like, Well, I don't know if we can you know, I'll I'll talk to people and see if I can make it happen. Yeah. And then you continue the story. Or you know,
2: there's so many layers. Maybe even uh, Alexa Bliss, is titles on the line. Alexa Bliss is like, no, I don't want this to happen. We shouldn't have a Royal Rumble. And that's where Stephanie McMahon comes in, and she's you know playing the old Mister McMahon character, just with an XX chromosome, mm-hmm. and she's like, no, you can't have this match. You don't deserve it. Yada yada yada. I'm a bad guy. So when they like when the cat angle or someone, probably a woman, should be finally overrules Stephanie. Like, actually, I've talked to the people behind your back and they are getting a Women's Royal Rumble match. Huge celebration in the ring from the babyface female wrestlers. The the Alexa Blisses and heels are like, oh no, we've got to do a Royal Rumble. We didn't want to do this. Huge pop from the crowd. That's how I would have done it.
3: I th- Yeah, I mean, I think there are certain things you could work around within mm. your, your framework, but that is a much better way of doing it as opposed to... Because, <coughs> like, I, I think we might have said it yesterday or someone very much said it in the comments, which was that... If you'd announced a man's match like that, you wouldn't have just had them standing in a line, having them all chanting and hugging each other and like high fiving each other and stuff yeah. like that. Because it does feel like you are, as you said, it's very patronising and it's um, yeah, it's not good. I re- I've, the more the further I get away from that announcement, the more I hate it. Yeah, and the it's more the
2: fart. Yes,
3: yeah, the fart. You're right, and I really, really don't like it. But having said that, the announcement is act the announcement itself is very, very good. And I'm very excited for January. I haven't been this excited for a Royal Rumble in quite some time. Mm. It's th- the other problem is that you only get so
2: many... Fir- you-, you only get one first. Look at the Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank, when that was won by a guy. Like, I can see the theory behind it and trying to get some heel heat on Ellsworth, but uh, or Carmella. But really, for the first one, you should have just played it straight. Same here. There's, there's only going to be one announcement of the first ever women's wa- Royal Rumble match. Why not turn it into a big storyline... Where we can all kind of see it coming, but you know, that's we all know how a Marvel movie is going to end roughly. The good guys are going to win, and the bad guy's going to be an underdeveloped one dimensional character. And but we still watch it, we still enjoy it. That's that's how we should have done it, yeah. Anyway, anywho, great balls of botch. We've got one little bit here because Mm -hmm. Kelly, I think, how would you say that? Uh, Keely, Keely, K E. Double L E I G H. Kelly. Kelly.
3: Yeah, yeah, maybe it's Kelly.
2: Weirdly spelt Kelly. Looks Gaelic. Uh, But Kelly Lawrence got on touch and said Ollie Davis, that SWAF Nation sign was actually my fiance, Justin Barrett. You may find him in your YouTube comments. Not that Courtney guy. Happy he can get some more recognition out there. Well, I hope so. so. Absolutely, yeah. <coughs> so at Clash of Champions, there was a, uh, a SWAF Nation sign that many people picked up upon. It was picked up upon on Reddit and
3: on uh, the figure four. figure four newsletter because they're like, they've spelt SWAP soft wrong.
2: Incorrect.
3: Every time you see that, every time there is a sign... Are at a wrestling show where it says Swap Nation or hashtag Swapp Nation. If you do the hashtag Swaf Nation, there will be at least four or five people that will have spotted it going like, huh? Yeah. What is that all about? Well, even
2: Matthew of Mania way back in the day, he was like, uh, Enzo spells it out for you. Yeah. And everyone that's was like, Why it's so
3: perfect? That's
2: yeah. Why it's so good? And loads of people pointed out in the comments. No, actually, that's a that's a Wrestle Talk thing. So, yes, oh. trolling everyone. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I mean. We're gonna take you for your word, Kelly Lawrence. Just as we took uh, Courtney for who his word. He got in word. touch on Twitter, said it was him. So uh yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Just thank you, Justin Barrett, for your sign. But also Maybe, thank you, Courtney. Yeah. We don't
3: know. We we can't prove this. Well, that's it. Yeah. If you do take a SWAP Nation sign, take a photo of yourself with the sign and send that as proof rather than just because sometimes good. we get a lot of people that just say, Yeah, it was me. Yeah, it was me. Yeah, it was me. And then it's like, it's, I, I'm Spartacus. You mm. know, then you, we don't know actually who did it. So that might be the best way to do it. So we've got some
2: crap. Gimmicks for this uh, Saturday episode of Wrestle Ramble, just two days out
3: from Christmas Day.
2: Christmas Eve Eve!
3: Christmas Eve Eve, my friend's birthday. My friend uh, Matt Cook, it's his birthday so on Christmas Eve Eve. Uh, usual standard affair was to go out on Christmas Eve Eve out into Reading Town Centre, which is my hometown, and uh, we would go out on the rocks for a little bit and go drinking. And then we, because the idea would be. You'd have a very heavy night on the 23rd so you can recover on the 24th mm. and then you're all good for Christmas. Yeah, my family just do it. Uh, all the nights are heavy. Yeah, I mean, since since then, they, those times have changed. Mm. Actually, we don't tend to go out anymore because we're all old now. Mm. And, uh, we don't really like going out to Reading hands since now because it's full of young people. My, yeah,
2: well, that's what happened to us. We always used to go out in our local town uh, the on Christmas Eve, this long-running tradition, and it was... Back when we used to do it, up until about four years ago, it was fine. You just walk into a pub and there's tables and you can sit down and get incredibly sozzled over like a six, seven hour period. But then something changed four years ago where everyone does this and you have to pay to get into pubs. You can't get tables. So you have to be standing up and there's like eight of us. So it's awkward. So now we go out on Christmas Eve Eve for Cruel Mania. Oh, nice. Yeah, there needs to be at least three different venues in Crawl Mania. <laughs> this is Crawl Mania 3 this yeah, year. Yeah. And yeah, we're going to Clapham, going to be hitting up Infernos. Very Maybe nice. see you there later tonight. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah so Flying here. Fly here. So, Crap Gimmick Roster, we've got an entry from the mayor of Painesville, Dan! Dan. Dan. He says, The chicken hunter, Dwayne J. Fox. He is a guy who dresses up as a fox, including a foxy hood. I guess he means like a red riding hood? I thought he meant like a hood that's got a fox on it. Okay. Oh, like a like a onesie that yeah. completes the head. And tells the audience that chicken are his prey. And he always finds a way to take down his opponents because everyone that stands between him and the chicken will be bitten. He, he is caught chasing his own tail. And there's not like references of other foxes because a fox walks alone. Like so, the lone wolf. Yeah, or like... So no, Alicia Fox. For example, he dislikes tales from Sonic the Hedgehog very much, and says a fox doesn't even look that way. I'm a real fox.
3: That mm. considering your, yeah. there was a comment left on a video yesterday that made me laugh so much. Mm. Which were, I think it was either on the Wrestle Ramble or it was on my news episode when I was wearing this jumper. There was like, oh god, Luke is so lame. He Like Sonic, no one likes Sonic anymore. Sonic hasn't been relevant since, uh, relevant since the Dreamcast. And it just made me laugh so much because I'm like, oh, so I'm, I'm not allowed to like that character anymore then because he hasn't been relevant. Although, I'd like to point out, 2017 has been a bit of a reliance year for the Sonic the Hedgehog character because yeah. Sonic Mania was really great. Anyone who makes those sorts of comments on a professional
2: wrestling <laughs> video, yeah. I think it's, you know, the sort of uh, pot kettle black, <laughs> person in, person in gla- glass house, yeah. don't throw stones, those sort of analogies apply. Uh, where were we? Um, Sometimes he is seen around the women's locker room, because chicks and chicken go well together, as he says. Hmm. This will cause a lot of trouble sometimes. He often hides under the ring, referring to this as his den. The Beastmaster is able to control the Chicken Hunter. Entrance music will be uh, "Is Elf Evil," isn't it? But what, what, what does the fuck say? Yeah, that I never, I didn't really, I never heard of that song. Oh, it's a, it's a core. Guy. But I, I've, I know of it. Signature move is the bull fox. So you scratch the back of your opponent and follow it up with a bulldog when the opponent goes to his knees because of the pain. Finishing move is the volpix, stomping the opponent on the ground for five times on different body parts, only to perform a charged standing four-fifty splash. In the middle of the ring, what?
3: Yeah,
2: uh, um, so that's like Randy Orton's his thing. Ga-
3: his Garvin Stomp, yeah, and, and then then you just do a four. Then you do splash. the like the the Rich Swan um, mm. splash, yeah.
2: But how's that like a fox?
3: I don't know, mate. It's like I, I always think like the other foxes one was like a fox. Yeah, I think it'd be like you want something to be quite sly, mm. like a fox, sly like yeah. a reddish fox. Um. So what would you uh? I'm not feeling the chicken hunter. No. I feel like it's a little all over the place. Uh, I'm not sure. There's there's no consistency. Thing up a little bit. Yeah, there I thought it. it was a little bit poppy as well. Thanks, thanks, love. Um, I thought it, 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 there's no real consistency for the character. I'm afraid, Dan. Although I did enjoy the reference to Sonic the Hedgehog at the very least. Um, I kind of like the idea, but I don't know. There's no real like through line for me. Mm. It's it's not a it's not a strong enough crap.
2: Thing to base it round Yeah I think it's a bit loose mm. So I, I think we're going to pass on that Sorry Dan I like the Beastmaster uh, inclusion But I would want him to feud with the Beastmaster Because cause... he can't be controlled by the Beastmaster yeah, what? But like the Beastmaster to me is a super baby face
3: Yeah and this guy's clearly a heel
2: Yeah because he's a fox And like the Beastmaster almost wants to protect the animals mm. The fox is trying to go after the chickens So Yeah okay that's yeah that's now. good yeah uh, Of course the chickens are essentially a beast They're dinosaurs <laughs> They certainly are. I'm go back to Velociraptors. And Cameron Hall uh, has got in touch via Twitter with a crap gimmick tag team. It might be. Our f- oh no, it's not our first tag <coughs> team. We had the uh, the
3: glorious fans. Yeah,
2: the Blackpool Cowboys. <laughs> a, pa- a pantomime like, cow. For those
3: uh, American viewers, Blackpool is like a, a. I was about to say a crap place in Britain. But that seems unfair because I bloody love Blackpool. Mm. Blackpool Pleasure Beach is excellent. a wonderful theme park full of lots of rickety old rides. I went of my first roller coaster ever at Blackpool Pleasure Beach on the Pepsi Max Big One. And who comes from Blackpool? William Regal So it's a, it's an area in the north, a seaside resort um, Britain's Las Vegas, uh, as we like to call it In the north Yes, in so the it's north bit, It's like a gloomy version Oh, come on now Black... the, well, the weather well, the we- is weather. Well, yeah, the weather is the gloomy. same across the country We are Not a very small really. country, the weather is the same It doesn't get gloomier when you go up it north It gets significantly gloomier past Milton Keynes
2: You sound just like the Daily Mail So the Blackpool Cowboys, a pantomime cow Oh, so it's just, that's it. A pantomime cow. Apart from, apart, they are awful. Oh, apart, they are awful. Together, they are still awful. Like that. One member plays the front part of the cow and he only attacks the top half of his opponent
3: and vice versa. So this is, there's something in here. I, you see, I like this. A pantomime cow. Mm. That's I like it. It's original. It's new. It's fresh. It's seasonal. <coughs> I like it. I just don't think it's... It needs more
2: the, it, it needs, needs more, more development. Yeah. So but I mean, will, will Americans know what
3: pantomime is? Oh, an excellent question. I I don't know if it is something that travels across the States. I think it's but quite uniquely very, a, a Very very much a British thing, I think. So it's
2: it's sort of like uh, old fairy tales like Cinderella and Jack, Jack and the, the Bean Beanstalk. Stork, uh portrayed in the campest most bright Fashion possible Usually for kids But the idea is That you have enough Sexual innuendo there Which is a tradition Of British humour To appeal to the adults As well And yeah. make them
3: laugh I nearly starred In a panto um, a, a local production company Was doing mm. one of Cinderella And I was going to play Buttons Were you? That's, yeah. a, that's a It's a key role a Key role That's the romantic interest Well so not really, sometimes it. yeah, sometimes it depends on who's written the that mm. version of Cinderella. Because that's the other thing is you can take the, they're in very different directions. There's one um, I was uh, someone on the on a podcast that was talking about they were in uh, Panto. Oh no, it was on TV. As Al Murray was talking about, he's in a Panto at the moment doing Jack and the Beanstalk, but it's set like many years after the story of Jack and the Beanstalk, and Jack just keeps going up and defeating the giants. So now the giants like oh, stop beating me up. Stop, like, coming up here and wrecking things. See, he's actually the baby face, and Jack is the heel. Wreck-It Ralph. That's a bit like Wreck-It Ralph, as opposed to,
2: yeah. Uh, When you said it was, like...
1: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odour control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter.
0: Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could
1: fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs, no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you
2: In the future, after the yeah. battle, I was like, like a post-apocalyptic <laughs> <future>. <laughs> yeah. Where all the giants have been felled and
3: Jack's this overlord. Yeah, That'd Jack awesome. the Giant Slayer. Um, so, yeah, so I, I was going to, but unfortunately I had too many other projects on at the time and I couldn't commit. So mm. I, I, did, I was offered the part, but I couldn't commit to it. So uh, I had to pass.
2: So after pantomime chat and what we do at Christmas <laughs> Eve and all the other nonsense some actual wrestling news. Yeah, well, you're
3: running a bit dry Are now. we going to, are we going to, how, how are you doing? I don't want to storm ahead. It's fine. I'm, I'm not going to be, I'll top up mine ever so slightly, but. I hope you can get the foley of that, listeners. <laughs> of the, of the glass being poured. I should have held it closer to my microphone. Mm. So Dean Ambrose. That is nice.
2: Do you think? Yeah, you're not a fan. It, anything that's two for nine pounds at test ha. <laughs> Uh, maybe has discoloured my, my view of it I've oh, been quite spoiled with wine recently. I was going to say you,
3: I never knew you to be so pretentious about wine
2: No, well, we after Paris we we've quite Me and my lady partner have gotten into wine We've been <laughs> we've got, uh, Did I not tell you about this? How is it that I'm the one
3: that no one likes on this channel?
2: Uh, because aspiration They want to <laughs> be like the guy with the wine so, no, we, uh, we, we've signed up to a, a monthly Have you really? A monthly oh, wine. Only one thing. Which one? Naked? And then it's called La Le, Le, Le Ballon, La Le, Le Petit Ballon. Oh, it's a proper, like, French? It's, yeah, and... yeah, with a sommelier deciding
3: the, wow. uh, the You get two bottles a month.
2: And how much is that? It's, uh, oh, it's, it's expensive.
3: <laughs> it's I was going to say, it sounds expensive, because I Naked Wines, uh, having a subscription mm. to their um, facilities, that's quite pricey. Mm. But you do get to go to their very fancy events. I've been to one of those and had a bloody lovely red wine by um, a uh, winemaker called Jen Pfeiffer. So much so, I, oh, I've ordered several bottles from her. And I bloody love her work. And Mad. champagne from her. <laughs> yeah, champagne's great. Uh, so, yeah, but all that aside...
2: Uh, we have cheese, that's our thing mm. to do We sacrifice one night out a month We say we won't go out one night And we replace it with an innie, an innie night <laughs> If anything the wine's cheaper than yep. a, than an outy restaurant date mm. So anyway, Dean Ambrose has been injured Oh yeah, when
3: did this happen?
2: So, um, Dave Meltzer was talking like it happened at TLC
3: Whoa! So, there was a
2: spot where Seamus drops Ambrose on a table And you can see Ambrose favouring his arm after that and that's apparently that's around the time he starts to wear the quite large elbow brace, and he's you know he works for two months. You've got to understand. A lot of people have trouble with Ambrose, and I I can I empathise with them because he's sometimes sometimes it feels like he's on autopilot, which is weird because he works so hard, and his character can get to the more goofy ends of its interpretation. Whereas I much prefer. The, the sort of shield one, when he's, he's a bit more crazy, dangerous, like Brian Pillman, rather than crazy Goofy <laughs> Dean, Mickey Mouse, Batman at Disneyland. Uh, but uh, with, with all that, he does work a hell of a lot. Like, he is the Iron Man. He's, <laughs> it was one year he wrestled more dates than anyone else. I think if you, I, I, I can't remember the exact figures, but in his WWE career as of last year, these, these are old stats. Dean Ambrose had wrestled about 950 matches Oof,
3: man Seth
2: Rollins in comparison Granted he was out with injury for like You know, a few times Was about 300 Man And you know, there are only 365 dates a year Yeah So, so Dean Ambrose is, is working one of the most Demanding schedules He was WWE champion for a number of those Really took it That there are stories of him wrestling like 10 times in a week Just by time difference I mean, that's what Hulk Hogan claimed, right? Yeah, Wrestled 400 times in a year because of the time difference, yeah. flying back and forth. Uh, so, yeah, but... It, it, with all, all those problems with Ambrose, you've got to respect him for this Iron Man mentality of just going out and working. And he's been working with a torn tendon. So yeah. the, the, the in his qualm. In his qualm, uh, that was the kayfabe injury. The real injury <laughs> is is here, is, is the tendon connecting your muscle to your elbow. Mm. And that goes... And I mean... My dad tore his ligament once And he, he was out for like a year and a half Really in pain all the time And Dean Ambrose I mean t- I don't know how much
3: more painful tendons are I'm a scuba I mean I'm very fortunate Touch wood mm. That <clears throat> in my Despite the craziness that I spoke of in the last episode I've never broken a bone in my body Or done any serious damage to myself Really? Never broken a bone in my body You want that to change? <laughs> uh, so But Dean Ambrose worked through that. And it's not like just
2: working through it, coming into work while you do an office job. He worked through that as a professional wrestler with the travel schedule and the the demanding 10, 15, 20 minute matches he does every night. Insane. And, you know, this apparently over the last week, he was like, actually, you know, this hurts quite a bit. They look at it. Oh, wow. You know, we need to get you Oh. Luke just knocked, knocked the microphone with his cup. We need to get you over to Birmingham, Alabama, where our sort of top surgeons are to have a look at this as soon as possible. They they write him off of RAW. Apparently, they rewrote RAW to make this happen uh, a few days before the show. And yeah, he goes. He has surgery the day of, and he's he he looks to be out for at least four months.
3: Yeah, they said six, four to six months. I believe is the recovery mm. time. The resting Observer reported six. Um, so yeah, I mean, so that puts him out till like July next year. Mm. So he's going to miss Mania season. And as we kind of like alluded to on the uh, the last episode, that it almost feels like they were building towards. Excuse me, excuse me. Um, a breakup of the Shield, at least in the tag team form, mm. and they were going to have a, a Seth Rollins Dean Ambrose match at WrestleMania, or it was probably going to be the Shield versus the Bar again. Yeah. So the I, did,
2: I so, <laughs> did you see the jokes that this is a joke going around online at the moment? Uh, Dean Ambrose Roman Reigns Seth Rollins Walk into a bar Then they do the same The next
3: week And the the week After that Nice Like it Um, So yeah So what does This mean For poor old Seth And Wrestlemania Not had a good track record With Wrestlemania As Seth the last three Mm. years Got injured Missing one um, and that was you know, when he was WWE champion, so they had big plans for him going into that. Then he got injured just before WrestleMania last year against Samoa when got injured by Samoa Joe. This Jones. year, this year, you're absolutely yeah. right. Um, and nearly missed that menu when he was mm. having his big match against Triple H. And now we have, now here we are, third year in a row. He's got the WrestleMania curse, old Seth. Don't get involved in a program with him. he either cr- goes to pot or you get injured. It's crazy, isn't it? Because that—I mean, this year's WrestleMania
2: went right down to the wire. Yeah, it's amazing he got—he got back in time. I think, uh, but yeah, it's—it is a shame. Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose were booked in the house show circuit against the bar in steel cage matches for January. So that was sort of their their plan. I'd imagine they'd have a get another title match at Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I, silver linings to a horrible injury at least WWE will be forced to move forward from this. But how do they do that? Because, like you said, uh, it looked like, I mean, maybe you have the final Bar Shield match at Rumble, and then you start building to what might be a Dean Ambrose heel turn on Rollins to lead to a WrestleMania match. But you can't do that now, it seems. So Jason Jordan has already been added as Seth Rollins' tag partner in those house show live event dates. I think there's something in
3: this. Oh, no. Do you really? Hear me out. Hear okay, well will hear you so, out. Uh, like, J- like the Woken Hardy thing, the people's don't think I am giving a chance. Dean Ambrose is taken
2: out. And we saw that. He was running out of roar. It's not like a sudden injury. It was a, a nagging injury that uh, they, they had a chance to write Dean out of continuity. So you've got that. It's not like you have to suddenly explain something away. We know that Dean has been injured by the bar and by Samoa Joe who's in, you know Jordan's involved in this loop in this feud. So Jordan is like he plays up to Seth Rollins. This is outrageous. I w- I feel so bad for Dean. I I want I want to get my revenge on them for you. You know, typical Jordan. Mm-hmm. Just d- social justice or like uh, virtue signaling. You know there's he doesn't really mean what he's saying. He's just saying it to impress other people, but really he's just doing it for the, the advancement of his own career. So Seth Rollins is either eventually worn down or daddy kurt is like come on can you do me a f- oh, can you do me a favor tag with my son and then jordan and seth rollins get the match uh, at rumble against the bar maybe they even win Mm. Or,
3: or, or the bar beat them because Jordan I sort of... say, my, my worry with that is that if, uh, if they win that means the feud must continue Ooh. And you have to have the automatic rematch clause Which means you then have another month of that feud Well
2: they, you know they, they, they are fast and loose with who gets an automatic rematch Anyway After Royal Rumble Then you start to tell You've got quite a few stories you could tell with Jordan And with Rollins You could either go the route of uh, Jordan slowly turning on Rollins and Kurt Sort of siding with his son rather than Rollins, maybe it turns into a Kurt versus Jordan match. Maybe it turns into a Kurt versus Seth match with Jason Jordan at ringside. Maybe Kurt's a special guest referee for Rollins versus Jordan, and he has to make the he has to call it down the line and that's when he finally turns on Jordan at WrestleMania. Maybe there's a triple H is revealed as the big bad behind Jason Jordan. There was no DNA test. And then you get a Triple H and Jason Jordan versus Kurt Angle and Seth Rollins. There's a lot of history there, uh, tag match at WrestleMania.
3: That of, of all the things you've given, I think that's the one I like the most because mm. it was funny when we kind of discussed this about doing this as a, as a possible topic for this episode of the Wrestle Ramble. I was thinking like, huh, what would I do as Seth's replacement match? Because it's not going into the Universal Title picture. That's there for mm. Roman. Um, I mean, and I'm gonna make the gamble that uh, Roman's going into WrestleMania as IC champ. Really? I think they're gonna do yeah, champ v champ. I think they're gonna emulate uh, no. Hogan Warrior. I, wow. I, I yeah, I think I think Roman's gonna and then the following night he'll just relinquish the uh, the IC belt and they'll like hold a tournament to crown a new champion. It's like Vince wants <laughs> to annoy a certain part of the fan base.
2: <laughs> well, I'm yeah. I, I'm not necessarily as annoyed by that as I probably would have used to have been. But there are a lot of
3: people out there who would be infuriated by that Because there won't be an IC Championship match at WrestleMania then. And it's all on Roman. Roman would have two belts. (laughs) Yeah. Um, He's the big dog. Got to keep those trousers up. And um, yeah, He holds it. (laughs) Holds it over his shoulder. Doesn't even use it as a belt. (laughs) Doesn't even do it properly. Um, Used it as a back piece. So, who else is there? It's not going to be Finn. And I'd rather not see... I mean, Finn would be probably my best option. He'll Finn with the Balor Club. Maybe, yeah, because um, I I don't really want to see him do Joe again. Mm. Um, so yeah, there's not like a lot of other big people that you can do, especially if it's going to be Triple H and Braun, and it's going to be Angle and Jordan. Like you've already lost, come you big guys there. Then it just ends up being with like Seth versus Elias. Yeah, it's uh
2: or Seth v. Miz It's it's a it's amazing how you know the Shield were meant to be an art. Uh, they are the future of the. Oh, company. sorry, it's, Seth V. Kane, of course. <laughs> Uh,
3: he'll be able back. Surely, there's a pol- political race he needs to get back well, to. Kane injured him. Kane's the one mm. who injured him all those years ago. He's now going to finally extract his revenge. That is a. Cre- I forgot about
2: that. That is a good point. I just, it's it's just insane that a few years ago, when the shield broke up, and it well, well when the shield debuted, you like these are the future of the company, and we loved all of them. And you would have thought the odds. You've got three people there. They're super over. Surely one of them would would strike a match with the majority of the fan base. The fact of the matter is, Roman Reigns has been pushed down people's throats and hasn't got over the way they want him to. Seth Rollins has been considerably called off by injuries and bad booking as a heel when he came back after those injuries. Should have been a babyface. Should have been a babyface. And Dean Ambrose has just been flattened out by occasionally not getting behind him. Again, bad booking. So you've got these three guys and there's, That they're all now at like solid main event level, but never superstar level.
3: Yeah. Uh, uh, Dean Ambrose, unfortunately, has been Dolph Ziggler, which is, you know, people often ask me, like, what is my issue I have with Dolph? And it's just that I think that WWE have conditioned me not to like Dolph because they've spent the last 10 years with a stop start push. So there's no, I don't feel like there's any point in me investing in any like momentum that he yeah. might get because I I've just I know I've been conditioned not to think like well, it's not going to go anywhere. Mm. He he's been treading water for the last ten years. So why should I now think this is going to be the big push for Dolph? It's the same with Dean. Well, let us know what
2: you think should happen for Seth Rollins WrestleMania direction in the comments down below. <laughs> Finally, before we get out of here, we've got a mailbag question from the Mayor. Of Painesville, Daniel Scheitmeyer however you say his last name, we just call him Dan. Dan, uh, because he is a uh, he. But he, he pledged the big bucks on Patreon this Something month.
3: He did is like a little Christmas mm. uh, present to us, which we're very, very thankful thank for. You. Dan, thank you so much. Speaking of Christmas presents,
2: that's what we'll have in the next episode. There are presents. Go- Don't get up there as the Asda bag for life. That looks so trashy. <laughs> you're trying to say about just, my shopping just, habits just hold up like the, the nice it could oh. be any the nice actual wrapped presents look we're going to give these to each other we've got each other presents in the christmas day episode which will go home and then come back in two <laughs> days later and record yeah not after this so dan's question is why do you ollie hate the rematch clause so much the theory behind this is that a great championship match can happen again, and the champion does not feel like an afterthought right away. Plus, it gives WWE more time to come up with a decent story for the next challenger once this is done. I'm aware that Jinder vs AJ is not a good example for a working rematch clause, but AJ vs KO would have been, if their feud was not doomed as the setup for the Shane vs KO angle later. Randy Orton versus Christian from back in the day is the perfect example of a rematch
3: clause working, I guess. Really confident sign off, Dan. So, this is a question directed at you, Oliver Davis. Why do you hate the rematch clause so much? So, um, it's quite timely actually, isn't it? Because we just talked about this
2: happening in the Shield and Bar. I don't think anybody... It's, it's like the things you mentioned there, Randy Orton and Christian having that great series of matches. I think it was four in total mm-hmm, over in the course of uh, four or five months. That is the exception because you, you think back in like classic feuds and you think of these feuds where two guys fight against each other for over a series of maybe half a year. You're like, wow, that was a long-running feud. But the fact of the matter is, all the, the majority of these feuds a bad and memorable feuds. Unmemorable feuds. Mm-hmm. Whatever you would say. Not rememberable. <laughs> yeah. Uh just like the stuff bar that stuff bad. Just like the, the bar and shield. This was a good feud. But you know what? It's run its course about four month, three months ago, and we're still going through it. It was it was the same with uh the Miz and Dean Ambrose, with Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin. Those weren't title rematch clauses, but it's it's indicative of WWE's laziness. So why is it the title rematch clause in particular? That's one reason. is because it just lets things continue in a holding period, which I don't like. Plus, I like the unpredictability. I So, I've got nothing wrong with a rematch clause in theory. It's when it's the standard I have a problem with. I think that is a tool that you can use to sort of helper heal out so a rematch clause should only be used in the build-up to a match where like a Paul Heyman sort of like a shyster lawyer type will be like well you know if we lose this match we get a rematch next week We've, we've negotiated that in the contract but the the standard rule I think should be you if you lose your title defense That's it, you've lost your title And then you immediately move on to a fresh feud You immediately move on to the next number one contender It keeps a lot of guys at the top All trying to get that title And then the person who just lost the title Can work his way back up You don't have to have the rematch The next pay-per-view Or the next TV You can have that match a couple of months down the line As the guy works his way back up Or maybe he cheats to get back up you don't know and that's how you get a feud that lasts over eight months to a year you don't get it the way they do it at the moment that whole feud is condensed down to three months because it's rematch clause rematch clause rematch clause but you look at omega versus okada omega didn't get another shot okada's title right away you got suzuki then you got i think bad luck Farley. I can't remember. Uh, but you got other people and then Omega worked his way up to get a rematch or he he sort of baited Okada to get a rematch. So that feud lasted 6-7 months and it's not even done. But, yet, but so that's I think it's lazy booking and the examples you've used are all bad. <laughs> I think they all fall down when given to cruti- uh, scrutiny because Randy Orton and Christian the that's a that's a fantastic feud. Feud of the year for what did you say 2011 2011 yeah. Uh but they you didn't need the rematch clause because Christian's whole gimmick was one more match, one more match. So that's that's the thing to keep the feud continuing, where he continue, he keeps on uh, sort of pestering the GM, pestering the authority figures to get one more match. He's used a lot of lawyer stuff in this, where he includes in the contracts that they have to let him do a rematch, or he wins the title if there's a DQ. And you extend the feud that way rather than you have to have a rematch after you lose the title. That's not how it works in other
3: sports. You don't get that in boxing. You don't get that in MMA. So, yeah. I agree. And my worst example I can actually think of the rematch clause this year in terms of WWE clearly had a direction. But the rematch clause stipulation kind of held them back in moving in that direction. Baron Corbin won the United States title uh, in a triple threat with AJ and Ty Dillinger. Mm. I think that was when he won the belt. So anyway, Baron Corbin wins the United States Championship because clearly WWE will like, let's move AJ out of this division. We need to move him up into the WWE Championship stuff. This gender thing's not working. Let's actually work towards that instead. But... And this was actually, and there probably was because was only like a two week period that this sort of thing happened. Baron Corbin wins the United States Championship. The following week, they're like, oh, well, we've got to do this rematch clause. And because Baron has to retain. It was the next night. It was the next, well, yeah, SmackDown. Tuesday, so, yeah, yeah, Tuesday. So. so because Baron has to retain because he's keeping the belt, AJ has to lose. And so Baron Corbin then beats AJ clean in the middle of the ring, who then wins the WWE Championship like either the next week or the week after. So in a very short time frame. So AJ, actually, you're like, oh, why did he win? He's an absolute... He's a loser. He just lost to Baron Mm. Corbin clean last week. If you don't have the rematch clause, you didn't have to have that Baron Corbin match. And instead... AJ didn't get pinned At the pay-per-view And he could have just Carried on his trage- uh, trage- Trajectory Momentum Momentum To get to uh, Beating Jinder That's where the, the Rematch clause Kind of holds things back Not only that But as you said it kind of like As soon as a tag team Wins Like the belt So if the shield Win the belt Back from the bar That just extends The feud by another month And the, you nailed it On the head really That what they do Is they just sort of Block book things so feuds are essentially this is going to be our next actually now it's like this is going to be our six month feud and then we're going to move into this six month feud here and we're just going to book it weeks a week, to week which, and they'll just all face each other all the time so actually the feuds end up meaning nothing um, whereas and there's a point you make in your email Dan where it's just like uh, where has he got here plus it gives WWE more time to come up with a decent story for the next challenger like you should think about that before mm. you do it like if Baron Corbin's going to win the belt you're like okay cool who's this next guy you make that decision when you decide Baron's winning the belt. His next feud is going to be X. And then you start working on it. You work ahead of yourself and you build up. And then before you know it, you've booked six months worth of storylines and you just follow that through. Because mm. it's all been thought out rather than just booking it week to week and making
2: it up as you go along. Yeah, that line there, plus it gives WWE more time to come up with a decent story for the next challenge. And once this is done, sort of sounds like the winner's going to be a surprise. <laughs> Like oh no, oh the bar won a, the bar won the titles oh let's put them in a feud with the shield for a bit so we can figure out where to go next yeah no no this is all predetermined we know where we're gonna go so yeah you're right and the, the, I mean the the problem with all of this is it makes it repetitive and predictable and you don't want that from a quote unquote
3: kayfabe sport where you've got to buy into stuff yeah so, uh, being predictable in a storyline is one thing like knowing that roman reigns is going to face brock lesnar at wrestlemania isn't the worst thing because you've been building this storyline up for a year That, as a predictable storyline is not bad because it's been a very well told story mm. but just being like seth uh, so seth rollins has faced cesaro this week that means next week dean is facing seamus like that's bad Sorry, we uh we, we sort of trashed you so much there. Dan. I don't think we trashed him so much. Is he asked a question and, and you answered? We corrected it. him.
2: I <laughs> <laughs> hate the well, rematch clause. We
3: uh, <laughs> I had this recently when I was uh, having a, talking with my wife about Star Wars: The Last Jedi because she didn't like it that much. Mm. But her thing was that I she felt that I'd built I'd built it up too much because I was like it's the best Star Wars film ever. You did. You and did. Um, she then says that I do this thing that when I'm talking about it with someone, I kind of she goes, you look at me with these sort of like doe eyes. That, like, I'll say a point, and then you'll say why you think I'm wrong on that point. And I was like, I never say you're wrong. I just, I give my view, my mm. read on that. She goes, yeah, but when you do it, you then give me this look that says, like, so it's good now, yeah?
2: Oh, you, you, yeah, Luke convinced <laughs> me. Now, I, 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 people do get like that, don't yeah. they? Where, oh, you no, you're saying I'm wrong. Like, no, I'm explaining my side, why I think I'm right. Yeah. I mean, I guess that does mean you're wrong in my eyes, but I never said that. No. Anyway. Any-